This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. This one is gone! On Tigers Radio, 97.1, the ticket. 248-539-9797. This is the fastest hour on the radio. Tiger Talk on 971 the ticket. Back and put it along with Dan Dickerson. And JD Martinez, uh rest of the new contract, uh, will join us coming up at 715. Uh and 38 home runs last year for him. So. That's all. So he had a terrific year. Um, Dan, uh, one of the things uh we want to get into tonight. We want to do it right away. Uh, I was rejecting how the Tigers are going to be this year. And I think it's it's important because, I mean, right now everybody's coming out with Sports Illustrated. Jonah Carey, who does terrific work, uh, projected, basically ranked the 30 major league teams from 30 down to 1. Had the Tigers at 16, just ahead of the White Sox, just behind the Indians. Right. And uh, Dave Schoenfeld, who does terrific work for ESPN. And I, I give him all the credit in the world because these are pretty in-depth reports. And he's doing it, I think today was the last day, counting it down from 30 to one in groups of five or six, depending on the day. And he tells you why. He tells you the, the moves they made, why he thinks they, they should be ranked where they are. I mean, he really puts himself out there. Jonah Carries was a little uh, – it wasn't quite as in-depth. But Dave Schoenfeld does this every year to his credit. And he had the Tigers at 19, saying they could be a 90-win team, but right now he's got them closer to a 500 team based on what happened last year and based on all the variables of, of this year. So it's interesting to see what national writers think. I think this is a much better team than that, but this is what national respected and intelligent and good analysts, this is where they have the Tigers, 16 and 19. Yeah, you know, and I respect those guys. I respect a lot of the analysis that goes on. I got my baseball prospectus out there, big, thick book, and it projects everything. It got thicker this year. Yeah, it's really thick. (laughs) And um, there's a lot of, you know, uh, projections. One thing I always notice, though, that once the season starts, the projections, as well thought out as they are, That's right. uh, they end up going uh, awry. Now, last year, I, I sat here with you. You did a detailed analysis <laughs> of the Tigers here based it is. on Here's last year's, by the wins way. above replacement. <laughs> I, and I have to be honest with you. I forgot what I thought their win total was, and I remember yours. Certainly, you do I remember mine at 93. Is that what yeah. you remember? Because I think I probably had them at 89 or 90 or something. That comes to mind. Uh, I thought they were probably going to win the division, that it would be kind of a tight division race without somebody pulling away from it, uh, which didn't turn out to be the case at all. But uh, Kansas City certainly uh, uh, deserved what they got, ultimately the World Series. But, you know, uh, they ended up winning 74 games, and they ended up being sellers at the trade deadline, and justifiably so because they couldn't beat bad teams when it really mattered about that time of the year. So, But uh, coming back this year, uh, but USA Today had them fourth, and they had the White Sox winning the division. Fourth in the division. Nobody knows anything about the American League right now. Are the Royals one of these teams that's a dynasty team, or are they a team that just had a couple years? Are they going to be like the Giants where they get hot at the right time and always win games from the eighth inning on like they did last year, even in the postseason, at a phenomenal rate? Or their starting pitching to me isn't very good. But it wasn't last year. Um, 
I think know. I think they're a great example of sometimes how the how a team concept and the way they have played the game. And I'm talking about base running, and I'm talking about productive outs and manufacturing field. runs uh, and defense. I mean, well, they all got a those good, they got a good lineup. I mean, the projection hit, systems cannot project Kansas City. They were hitting Alex Gordon eighth <laughs> for crying out loud, in the, you know, at times. And so. I think they're still the team to beat. I, I still think. I mean, it's amazing what they've done. Increased their win total six years in a row, ninety-five wins. I think the Tigers should win the division. They got a two hundred million dollar payroll almost. Uh, they got these players. Uh, Cabrera, I fully expect to bounce back from him. I fully uh, Justin Verlander. I believe what happened the second half of last year was real, not a mirage. I fully expect to bounce back to some degree, a good degree from Victor Martinez. I think Justin Upton's a great addition and should give him similar production to what uh, Cespedes did and may improve him in a certain way because he does certain things better than Cespedes yes. more consistently. Um, I think uh, that they have some younger players like McCann and uh, Castellanos who improve. Those are the Daniel real Norris factors, has a chance. They? Those are three yeah. X factors right there. I think right. you just hit on three. Iglesias, I would put in that group as well, but maybe not as much because one of these years, I think McCann's going to bust out. Castellanos, I don't know. I think he can, but right. I don't know. And right now, he's just a little bit above replacement level. Daniel but, Norris, I think, can bust out. Will it be this year? I think they all have upside. I'm, I'm maybe most excited about McCann and, and Norris. Now, granted, all these guys are right-handed hitters with the exception of Victor Martinez right. when they face a, a right-handed pitching. And you, But you, you're, this is your lineup. Kinsler? Upton, Cabrera, uh, V-Mart, J.D. Martinez. That's your Uh, top five. That's coming right out of the gate, man. That's going to be tough for opposing pitchers to get through night after night after night. And pitching-wise, I think Jordan Zimmerman's a real good pitcher. I I don't don't know about Pelfrey, but the one thing I've discovered is the analytic geeks love Pelfrey. They look at him. They see that uh, 90.8 going up to 93. 93. You know, when, they, when they're making their template, I'm not I'm talking statistics. Yeah, I'm not sure that people love – I think people basically – sabermetric guys don't like Pelfrey. Well, well, here's the thing. I'm talking about analytics. Right. And sabermetrics is two different things. Analytic guys look at – and they make a template based on scouting reports, technology, and numbers. Right. Now, the – That there is still some upside with Pelfrey is what you're saying. Because of that because 93. Because of the power that, That's the best he's thrown on average fastball yes. since his first year in 2007. So they see it trending upward. The other thing about it, and he had surgery, so he's coming back from the injury thing, right. throwing harder. The other thing that analytics guys like, that was his best war. Now, it was only a 1-5, something like that. But it was the first time he'd been plus war in, in his best war since, well, since 2010. 08. Since 08. Yes. That was his best year. Yeah. So, uh, looking at Pelfrey, but it was his, I think it was his best war since 10. Yes. Okay. So, the first time I think he'd been plus war. So, it was only 1-5 or something. But that's a win, in, uh, two wins for you, which is your four starter throwing harder. You may be projected as a 2-5 or 3 or something this year. So they like him. I mean, I, you know, that's I've heard that, and I've seen him projected that way far differently than – because I saw him get lit up by the Tigers a number of times. I mean, badly. So I'm not necessarily uh, – you know, times I've seen him pitch, I haven't been impressed. But he had two seven strikeout games against the Tigers last year. That was his high strikeout game of the year was seven. But, I mean, there is that – he doesn't get many swings and misses. I think that's something for fans to look for early in the year. Does this guy who is – Fastball has come back with good health. Does he have that ability to use that to get swings and misses? Yeah. 
with his secondary pitches. And I think that's something to watch. Four and a half, five strikeouts per nine is way too low. If you can get it up to six or a little above, that's a very good step, and that makes him much more valuable. I do like what they've done with their bullpen. I think that's number one, Pat. I mean, if it lines up the way they think, low Wilson and K-Rod most nights, then all of a sudden your bullpen's a whole lot. But I like Alex Wilson. I like Blaine Hardy. I could see, you know, people laugh. I think they think he's a a marginal Tigers prospect. I think he might be better than that. It's Verhagen. Oh. Uh, you know, he's got that sinking fastball. He threw it 93.5 uh, miles an hour to 94 last year. Um, he's six foot six, throws on a downward tilt, and uh, somebody who uh, I was impressed with, Verhagen. And also, you know, the possibility of somebody like Michael Fulmer, maybe even Buck Farmer, you know, that type of thing. Uh, you have some power arms if you can convert them into bullpen guys. So if you ha- don't have those guys coming in and being the uh, you know, the main guy. I'm quietly optimistic about Shane Green being somebody who can help out of the bullpen because think of how many good bullpen guys are former starters. Do you share that at all, or do you think I'm crazy? Uh, you I know really what? think he could be a major piece in the bullpen with his good health. I don't know. I, I don't know about his makeup, you know, and what his health is. Uh, his makeup, I didn't think he reacted well to things last year. But he's young, uh, and he's only second year through it. But I thought somebody that pitched for the Yankees and had been through – some of the things that our major league at a very accelerated level playing in New York didn't handle some things very well last year. And, but he was hurt. And right. a lot of times those things, you're going to have a happy player if he's successful and not a happy player if he's not successful. So, yeah, it's too early to tell on Shane Green. But there's a possibility, Dan. You know, he's pretty nasty for the Yankees when he pitched against the Tigers in 2014 for sure. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. You're joined next by J.D. Martinez, 97-1 the ticket. Here's a fly ball deep center field off the bat of J.D. Martinez. This one's got a chance, Whoa. and that ball is gone a home run. J.D. Martinez drives it to the deepest part of this ballpark in right center field. Home run number 38, and RBI's 100 and 101. That and the ball. Tigers take a 2-0 lead in the first. Ah, one of 38 bombs that J.D. Martinez hit for the uh, Tigers last year, and he joins us now, Pat Caputo, Dan Dickerson on Tiger Talk. And what's up, J.D.? How are you? How's it going? Good. How you guys been? Good. We're doing well. Um, congratulations on the new contract, and uh, let's talk about that contract. Uh, a lot of people uh, discussing the length of it, and what was your thought process behind it and your representatives uh, for the length of that contract, J.D.? Um, well, you know, um, we obviously, you know, we're at, we're at a, you know, you know, not an agreement at a one year deal. And, uh, usually, you know, when, when teams and players aren't, are on, they aren't on an agreement with the one year deal, they're not close to getting into an agreement. They usually kind of try to do a two year deal. And, you know, it was something that, that we were definitely looking at and to see if it was worth, worth our wild. Um, and then we just, you know, we just kind of came to the agreement where we thought it was the best thing, you know, uh, I don't think, uh, our side or the Tiger side, none of us wanted to go to arbitration. So it was just a good way to just, uh, settle, uh, you know, something that was fair to both sides that this way we didn't really have to go to arbitration and, you know, have to go into the season with some bad taste in our mouth. JD, you've made it very clear. You love playing for the Tigers. Uh, this is obviously where you've broken out as a player and would love to be a Tiger for a long time. Do you think, I mean, does this kind of 
Now you don't have to think about it for a little bit, but would you still like to think long-term sometime soon, or do you just kind of put that on the back burner for another year or so? Um, you know, obviously it's, like I said before, you know, I love Detroit. I love, you know, playing for the Tigers. I love the city. I love the fans there. You know, there are no other fans, you know, out there. And obviously I would love to stay there long-term, you know, if everything works out right. And, you know, we're me and Al and Detroit are able to come to something that we both agree on. But, you know, um, right now it's, you know, I'm looking into this season and I'm looking into you know, I'm excited about our team and, you know, who we have and just going out there and trying to win Mr. Ellis' championship. You know, or, 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 I was just going to say, uh, you, one of the things, Dan and I talk about this all the time on this program, J.D., you know, you hit the home runs last year, you hit over 100 RBI, you got all these uh, tremendous statistics offensively, but I don't think people give you enough credit sometimes for how good a defensive player you are. And the first year you played pretty good defense that you played in Detroit, you're even better last year. It seems like you take a lot of pride in, in playing defense. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I take a lot of pride in it. You know, I love to hit. Hitting is what I love to do. You know, if I if you if you could say, "Hey, JD, what do you want to do today on the baseball field?" I'm going to say, "Let's go hit." <laughs> but, but you know, defense is important, and everybody looks at it, and you know, it's what makes you a complete player. You know, along with that, you know, I try to take a lot of pride and also in my base running. You know, I think there's, you know, there's three sides to the game. And, you know, I think Dave Clark has really helped me out in the outfield and really made me understand the significance of working hard and becoming better out there. You know, I kind of look at, I began, I never, I never looked at baseball like this and I never looked at it in this kind of way. But when it was explained to me as, you know, a defensive, a run saved is as good as a run, you know, hit in. You know, those are those are the little things that, in my eyes, win games. You know, a lot of people don't see it because they they just don't know what to look for. But as a baseball player, when you start to notice that, you start to notice little things in the game when a guy stops the ball from going in the hole and maybe yeah. stopping a guy from going third or getting a guy or stopping a guy from going to second and putting a guy in scoring position. You know, all those little things is what adds up to a run or saving saving a run, you know, just little things like that. And that in the, in, in the grand scheme of things is a win. And in the grand scheme of things is a couple wins in a season, which could dictate you making a playoff or not. And, J.D., so the time. Oh, kind of, go ahead. No, that's all I was done. I was just saying that, you know, it depends how you look at it, really. Yeah. Well, the Tigers' defense last year, J.D., was much improved. The guy that was a little bit puzzling just because by the, the metrics of the numbers who was below average was Anthony Goes, and yet Tigers coaches, Brad Osmus, felt that this guy is a an above-average center fielder with the skills that he has, the ability to break on a ball, the speed that he has. He plays fairly shallow, and I think maybe they're going to back him up a little bit and started to last year from right field. What is your viewpoint of, of Anthony Goes' defensive abilities? Um, you know, he's definitely, um, I think last year he learned a lot about himself. Um, you know, he's a guy that's, that's, he has a lot of pride in his ability and he believes he could do a lot of things, which is great. But sometimes it was, I think he was just learning about himself and trying to just understand that, okay, maybe sometimes I, I can't do things that, you know, that 
I really, really want to do that. I really try to do just because it's the safe bet. You sometimes you have to play it safe, right? You know, because it's in the best best for the team. And you know, I remember t- I remember telling him a lot. You know, he's got a great arm out there. He's got great speed. You know, his ability out there is, you know, he's right up there with a lot of guys, a lot of the best in the game. You know, but it's just kind of one of those things where you kind of got to just control it a little bit. And I remember when Harper first came up. You know, he was one of those guys that he wanted to make every single play and make everything look like, you know, spectacular. He tried to do everything out there. And, you know, it's really once you learn, I feel like, how to control the game and not let it not try to be the super like Superman or the, or the, the hero of the game. I think that's when, you know, everybody starts playing as a team and you start getting the job done. Like I said, like holding guys, not letting yeah. guys get extra bases, not trying to throw everybody out of the plate not trying to make the spectacular diving catch and let the ball go by, let the guy get a couple of bases. And I think Anthony, you know, grew on that. And he was, you know, like, like they say, you know, it's obviously he's a guy that could go get the ball, no doubt. And he's got a great arm and he's got, you know, good instincts for the most part. And, you know, he's, I think with, you know, some seasons underneath his belt, you know, last year was obviously his first year. I think maybe, you know, um, first full year, at least, uh, you know, every year that goes by, he's going to begin to learn more and more. Talking to J.D. Martinez, a Tigers outfielder, a pack of Pudo Dan Dickerson, a Tiger Talk here on 97-1, the ticket. Uh, J.D., uh, talking about this season, last year obviously disappointing uh, for you guys, uh, just, you know, falling out of the race, all those different things. How much of you and the team, especially when you guys got together a little bit earlier in the offseason, kind of thinking back and wondering about a bounce back this year. And a lot of people are saying you guys aren't that good. USA Today has you picked fourth. Uh, another, I think, it was Sports Illustrated, the 16th best team, and all those different things. And yet you got all these premier players. Is that, uh, I guess, fueling your fire a little bit uh, to know that uh, you're flying a little bit under the radar, according to the pundits? Um, you know, honestly, like um, I remember when I first came over to this team. You know, when they had the hype of being the best you know, in the division and of being, you know, the team to beat. I think nobody ever really, like, paid attention to that. I think that's, you know, the, the best thing about our team is that we have a lot of veteran guys and we, they don't get caught up in all that. Uh, I think, you know, to me, all that kind of stuff is more of distractions or anything. I uh, think all of us are just, you know, have the same mindset of just go out there, play our game, play hard. And, you know, we have, like you said, we have a lot of guys, premier guys, a lot of guys with a lot of ability. And know what they're doing. A lot of veteran guys, a lot of veteran leadership. You know, when you put, when you surround a team with that many veterans and that much talent, and with the right mindset, you know, I feel like um, we're a very difficult team to beat. You mentioned owner Mike Illich and wanting to win a championship for Mike Illich, and there are a lot of owners who say, "I want to win a championship," but then they don't go out and back it up with, you know, the proper resources for the, for the guys who are trying to win that championship. Clearly, this is an owner who has gone above and beyond with providing, you know, this team with all the, the possible talent they can when he signs Justin Upton at the very end there, and the payroll is going to be close to $200 million. I mean, just talk a little bit about that. It, it does seem like that's something that could really help motivate this team if, if you needed any extra. But here is an owner who clearly wants a championship, and he's doing all he can to provide you guys with the resources to do it. Absolutely. I mean, I think that as a, as a player, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. 
And a lot of the times you're, you, you know, you sit there and you just, you know, you wish that you're like, dude, why can't a team just go out there and, you know, get this guy or get this guy, just these little tiny pieces that we right. need. And, you know, when you have an owner like Mr. Illich, that's, that's all in, that's in there for the right reasons. You know, he's not in there in my eyes, not in there to, to make a dollar. He's not in there. It's, it's not a business for him. You know, he's a fan of the game and he wants to bring a championship to Detroit really bad, really badly. And he's willing to do whatever he can to help us, you know, as, as a player, how can you not sit there and, you know, give it your, your heart and soul knowing that, you know, that he's all in, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's something that, you know, not, not a lot of guys out there, not a lot of teams out there have that, have the chance to play for an owner like that. JD, we appreciate the time. Good luck in the coming season. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Thanks guys. Thanks, Thanks for JD. Me. There is See a, you in Florida. JD Martinez coming up next. Hey, what is the Tigers farm system? Really good. Really bad. Somewhere in between getting panned by a lot of the, I use this term again, Dan, so-called pundits. Dan and I will tell you what we think of the Tigers farm system coming up next. More projections on the 2016 season as well. Thanks to J.D. Martinez, the Tigers outfielder. You're listening to Tiger Talk at 97-1 The Ticket. There's a swing and a drive deep left center field. This one's deep in left center. Got a chance. Gone! J.D. Martinez, three-run shot, number 33. And four batters in. The Tigers take a 3-0 lead. Dan Dickerson with the call. Hey, it's great to hear that. I can't wait for spring training. First game, what, March 1st? Let me March guess. 1st. Uh, you got somebody at Lakeland. I forget Pittsburgh, who it is. I believe. Pittsburgh, there you go. Uh, and a big home and home with the Yankees at first is huge. <laughs> you know, one thing about the Yankees, when they, when they come in, it's bigger than other teams when they come in. Yeah, less so in recent years, but you're right. It is kind of funny because they'll bring maybe two regulars and it'll be 10,000 people at yeah, Joker March. A little bit bigger. <laughs> you know, they, they do, you know, they have a little bit. And the thing is, Tampa's pretty close. Yeah. Used to be there were so many teams that were right there. Now, uh, Tampa's like the closest out. one uh, to you. But, um, yeah, uh, and they, you know, the one thing always interests me about that, and the spring training park for the Yankees looks like a regular major league stadium. You know, it really does. I mean, if you were sitting there, you think, wow, you know, I think the, uh, somebody who played in the 60s would be going, this is nice, man. You know, it doesn't <laughs> look like a spring training stadium. But uh, right there off of Dale Mabry, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Right near the football stadium. Right by, uh, well, I ain't going to say, Mom's Venus is right across. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'd love to hear from you, 248-539-9797. But anyway, uh, well, that's a famous line. But, but um. Talking about uh, the situation with uh, the uh, uh, Tigers in their farm system, Dan, it's been rated relatively low. Yes, and yeah, and uh, it is a farm system that uh, I got has, to twenty six this year in Keith Law's rankings from thirty. And I think Baseball America's got them at twenty six as yeah. well. And another publication, the Minor League Baseball Analyst, I think, has them right near the bottom. A couple of Michiganders do that, and they do excellent work on it. By the way. You know, I, I, the Tigers minor league ranking, I don't remember the Tigers rarely ever being near the top with farm right. systems. Uh, and it goes back to the, it goes back to when they won the championship in 84. It goes back to uh, some cost cutting member uh, issues. 
uh, before the team was sold originally to uh, Thomas S. Monahan, and uh, all of a sudden the bonuses were down quite a bit, uh, their budget for that. And then uh, when it was sold to Mike Illich, Mike Illich has put a lot more money into bonuses, and the Tigers haven't had that issue with it. But they've often in recent years have been building to try to win a championship. And so when you do that, you create a lot of your top prospects for right. talent. That's exactly what they've used the farm system for. And it also changes how you draft. If you're closer to winning or you are winning, you're drafting guys who are closer to major league ready. And oftentimes those guys, as you said, have been traded away for players who've been critical to the Tigers' success. I think that's going to change a little bit. I do think what Dave Dombrowski did before uh, he was let go, a parting of the ways, I guess, is how uh, the owner, Mike Illich, has put it, in August, uh, was huge for this organization because even though th- these guys aren't really going to be ranked, I mean, Daniel Norris is not ranked, count as uh, a rookie anymore, nor does Matt Boyd, but, I mean, Daniel Norris could be a huge piece, and he's still basically a rookie. He's a youngster who could, still has high upside, but he doesn't help their minor league ranking. Uh, Michael Fulmer does, and I think Michael Fulmer could be a piece that is going to be big for this franchise. New York didn't want to let him go. Jacoby Jones is another guy who came over in those trades. So there are some pieces that at least added depth to the farm system. Well, yeah, Jacoby Jones is an interesting uh, uh, prospect. He's older, 25, 26. He missed the first 50 games this year, correct? Yes. He's been suspended. Only 39 because somehow 11 games that he played in the fall, I guess. Arizona or, Fall League, yeah. okay. Uh, take it out. But <laughs> still, you know, it's not necessarily a, a good thing. But it was interesting. He had a couple home runs when he first was uh, with uh, yep. in, in uh, Erie. And he played at Class A ball and was a little bit older for uh, the players that were there. He had a pretty good career in college at LSU. And he's got some athleticism. He could be a – I look at him as a possible Uber super utility guy. Somebody could play outfield and infield uh, if he hits consistently. It'll be interesting to see what type of year he has. Um, but there's some power there and some speed. Uh, I kind of like him in a certain way. But on the other hand, see where that may not work out. Um, I do think the Fulmer, big-time fastball, big-time slider, um, somebody who may help the Tigers out of the bullpen soon. So, Bo I, Burrows gets high marks, high schooler, drafted last year, number one. I don't, you know, I don't know what to think of Bo Burrows yet. And uh, Derek Hill, I think he's, he's pretty young, and people are writing him off already. Because, but he was a younger player playing in pretty advanced level. What about Jimenez? Um, I mean, just think of the power arms, and that guy is certainly drawing attention and rightfully so because he's now mid to upper 90s with his fastball you know i like um a couple guys one's interesting um michael gerber uh left-handed hitter 15th round draft pick from creighton uh he played the whole year in low a ball and he was a little older you know like six months older than some of the guys that are there on average age but i liked michael gerber he i think he's somebody has potential to move quick stewart who they took in the draft out of tennessee another left-handed bat I think he's got some potential. He moved quickly uh, last year. They didn't keep him down there. And I like a pitcher at uh, West Michigan who they kept there. They didn't push him up, but he may be in double-A this year. Uh, Turnbull, another college kid. I think he's from Alabama. Uh, He has a chance to maybe be somebody. I talked about Verhagen as having a a chance to be a good quality major league reliever. Uh, There's a possibility there. Tall guy, downward tilt, uh, good sinking action. Power sinker. I was impressed by him. Power sinker.
You know, the, when he they moved him to the bullpen. I think the move to the bullpen is huge. I mean, it was partly for health reasons because of his back, but I think it might be the thing that makes him into a really good major league reliever. So I don't know if it's that bad. I really don't. Uh, you know, I mean, people have been counting on Rondon and Moya forever uh, to be the young guns that come in there. They may not have to count on them to be that way. There might be some other ones that are coming up there that are pretty good. I would put those guys definitely in that uh, category. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Matt, you're on ninety seven one. The ticket. What's up? Yeah, hi guys. I've got a question uh, or and a comment about uh, two pitchers that the Tigers have, both obtained from the Yankees in separate years. Um, Shane Green, which you talked about, and Justin Wilson. Uh, Shane Green, I don't share the enthusiasm that you guys do about him. Um, number one. He, you know, everybody brings up that he looked great against the Tigers. Well, how many games was that in that one year? One or two games? Those two games, 15 strikeouts and 14 innings. But the stuff was, it was swing and miss stuff. We didn't see that even in the first three starts of last year when he started so well. We didn't see the swing and miss stuff. We didn't see the same stuff last year that he showed in, in 14. Okay, and the other thing is he, he was let go by the Yankees when he was, I believe he was 25, 26 years old. That's a long time, you know, uh, to be still trying to find yourself and then then be traded. And I'm, I'm kind of suspicious when they deal with Brian Cashman because we got Phil Koch, who in 2009 pitched about 70-some games for them. And I thought, this is going to be a good acquisition. And then he was nothing. Uh, Justin Wilson, I hear a lot of good things about him, that Alavila made a good deal picking him up. Well, now correct me if I'm wrong on this, but he, he pitched in the Pittsburgh organization and for the Pirates, I believe, and he pitched for the Yankees. Yep. And they talk about he's a left-hander, he's got power stuff. And then I read where he signed an arbitration for like $1.5 million. Now, for a guy that's been in the major leagues for a while, that kind of you know lends to a question to me. How come he only qualified for that kind of money if he's that good a pitcher? Well, because he hasn't, he hasn't had that much service time. That's the bottom line. And uh... – Sometimes uh, when you look at uh, relievers, they're undervalued. I, I have to admit, uh, Matt, I got the same puzzlement about Justin Wilson. Meaning, why he, would the Yankees allow him? Why well, would they they, those are those were uh, the the prospects they gave up uh, weren't top prospects at all. You know, Sessa, one of the guys they got in the Mets trade, and uh, the other kid was, uh, you know, at the bottom end. To me, he's not even a marginal prospect. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. A pitching guy, and um, you know, I look at Justin Wilson. Uh, here I'll, I'll t- I think I've got the reason why. Uh, do you believe in a whip? Do you think it's a good stat? You know, he's he's had uh, some problems giving up base runners. Although one three one isn't bad last year, but one three seven with the Pirates, four two OERA as a reliever. Um, somebody who he doesn't have a major league save yet, but you're talking about somebody 199 innings, has struck out 193 hitters. Um, maybe the walks, high walk rate, Dan, 81 in uh, 199 innings. But he cut his walks from four and a half to three last year. That, to me, was the most significant thing. Huge. While he kept his strikeout rate at a strikeout Same an amount inning. of innings and cut down on the walks by a tenth. It's so. a puzzle to me why he's available, but sometimes, I mean, Fielding it's funny. Fielding independent sometimes... pitching numbers, really good. Uh, almost a run better last year. Um, whip way better. I'm surprised. Not a lot of hits per nine innings. I don't know. I, uh, all I know is that and every time I see him pitch, he's throwing 96. <laughs> Gets lefties and righties out. Nasty. So, I don't know. 
I don't know what that's about. I know that the Tigers should be happy to have him. Ours is not to wonder why. Maybe there's something I don't know yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out. It's Maybe not we'll good. find out. Maybe the Tigers got something there. 97 won the ticket. Here's the 2-2. Swing and a miss. He got him with a changeup. A backed-up changeup. Actually, off the plate. What a pitch. Scope strikes out. Two runs on the Davis home run, but Shane Green strands two. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Ticket text nine seven one three six. Dan with another terrific call. Um, talking about the two thousand and sixteen season. Tigers aren't getting a lot of love out there. No, uh, I've seen them pick sick, uh, second in most of the preseason magazines. There's three main ones: Lindy's, Athlons, and Sporting News. All got them second in the division, but none of them have them in the postseason. Now those were published before the Upton signing. Um, but but even now with the with the picks that are coming out, they're the internet either ahead or really... behind the White Sox. Now I will say this: I think the White Sox are the clear number five team in the division. They've got some problems on offense, and I don't care if they added they added Laurie and Frazier. Frazier should hit thirty five home runs again. Great, but wh- how about the rest of that offense? You know, I looked up Laurie. It's not good. I looked, and up that's Laurie. a low walk, high strikeout team. I don't. I don't get the. Uh, you know, people are talking about that as a big addition. I don't get it because uh, the numbers don't suggest that. No, they don't. And uh, haven't seen him play. Neither does the eyeball test. And um, you know, with Frazier, I see some upside to him. He's a character. You got player. Frazier, Cabrera, Eaton, who is not going to hit 14 home runs again, and Abreu. Right. Laroche had a terrible year. Right. Middle of the infield, big question marks. Again, I don't think Laurie much as a hitter. Alex Avila is probably going to do a lot of the catching, Just but again, okay he struggled offensively. Here, I think a they lot did not score many runs last year, and I can't see that improving a ton this year. I think one sale might be the best pitcher in the league, so they got that. Their top three is really good, and Rondon is somebody whose stuff is like off the charts, and he could be. Rodon somebody, could have a monster year. Yeah, he's the type of guy that could all of a sudden can, be the the top pitcher. And in Quintana's the underrated. League. I'm not saying he's going to be, and Quintana's pretty good, but you know, I'm not a big. You know, the, the thing on Frazier, you know, people say things like. Hey, you know what? On uh, Todd Frazier, uh, looking at it uh, and saying, you know what? Todd Frazier is uh, uh, somebody who is uh, hit a, you're going to hit a lot of home runs in that little ballpark, right? Well, where did he come from? <laughs> I mean, you can't. You, I mean, if there's a bigger <laughs> band box, and you know, so I've heard, I've heard that one a bunch of times. And what it did is make me. Uh, you know, shake my head. Cleveland, I don't get the love for them either. I mean, I can see the rotation. It's the rotation. Pretty good. It's about the rotation. You know, Kluber's nasty. You know, uh, they got some other parts that could be Kluber, nasty. Carrasco, Salazar. Salazar. Bauer needs to – Bauer cannot like be a four-walk guy yeah. and, and be a really good pitcher. He's got to get that down. But the, obviously, there's still a great upside there. That's a that's a heck of a one through four if Bauer especially And, again, it gets drops the younger walk players. Rate. Linder. So there's yeah. a lot offensively on Lindor and uh, and Santana. Right, there so, really is. So if you're expecting Lindor, who I I think he's fabulous, he's really good. You know, they have some. And it's the same with the Twins. A lot of love on the Twins is but that based rotation, on right? And that rotation is just it's not there. It's still a low strikeout rotation. It's hard to have a low strikeout rotation and have a lot of success. So you know, but I don't get the law. I mean, people talking about the American League Central like it's a powerful division, and you know what? They all. All the American League is wide open. Wide open. You know, to me, the Angels look like such a terrific team because they got Trout and they added Simmons this year, which is going to improve them immensely. Their pitching is okay. I don't see their pitching as being bad. And they got, you know, Pujols seems like he's got some left in the tank. But I don't know. I, they just seem to kind of underachieve. I don't I don't see the Rangers. People got a, love, a lot of love for the Rangers who played well last year. 
I don't see that as a great team. That team in Toronto, you know, they all these bombs and everything, but that's a team that doesn't seem like it's balanced enough to win, and there's just kind of too much quirkiness with it. So, uh, and I still think Boston. Boston's getting a lot of love in these predictions. They always Consen- do. <laughs> Consensus top ten. Uh, David Price, Craig Kimbrell. I think two big reasons why. You know what? You look at that lineup. Jackie Bradley Jr. had a great finish. It was fueled by an unsustainable batting average on balls in play. I mean, terrific talent, but I, I think he's going to fall back this year. He only had a couple hundred at bats. Well, you're going to. I think that's is the real deal. Obviously. They're going to have emotion because of Ortiz. Xander Bogarts and Ortiz. But the rest of that lineup with Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval, it doesn't really scare you. It really doesn't. And I think that rotation is full of uh, question marks after David Price, who I think is terrific. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just not buying into it. But I, I, so to me, it's a wide open field. Nationally, the- you can really point to teams that are like, okay, Cubs, wow, great talent. Mets, wow. Cardinals, Maybe, again, uh, because they always seem to win 90-plus in Pittsburgh. But I agree with you. American League seems much more wide open. And I'll say this. The national writers or, gosh, broadcast media, national media, <laughs> use the whole term. I don't know if they know like what maybe you and I know. And I'm not trying to say, you know, uh, you know to say something that's Homer-esque. I, I feel this way. If it wasn't like this, I'd say this, and I'd say it right on this show. But the Tigers have a group of players that, even though they're high-priced players, they really care about the game. Cabrera really cares about the game. Verlander, you can see, he wants to be a Hall yes. of Famer. Um, J.D. Martinez, we were talking about his work ethic uh, when we were in it's break. off the uh, charts. He talked about chart. if there's one thing he could choose, it's hitting. He works at it. Really works at it. Ball players are paid $20,000 a year instead of millions of dollars. Ian Kinsler would still be playing. Um, he's, you know, Brad Osmus refers to him as kind of a dirt ball. Yeah. You know, he just loves the game. And uh, he and he's still playing at a very high level. So I see a lot of players like that. Castellanos is a younger player. McCann's a younger player. These guys grind through it. So what happened last year to me was an aberration. And they did, I think Al Avila has done a real good job of doing the right things. And you never know how they're going to work out, but doing the right things to get them back. That, to be honest with you, I thought the last couple years, Dave was a terrific general manager. That speaks for itself. Dave wasn't doing it. So I think that uh, ultimately it could pay off for them this year. I just have a feeling they're going to be good this year. I really but I didn't think too. so, I'd tell you that. that you know, yes, I mean, you would. I would, and I have told you that in the past. But anyway, Dan, enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed That's the another, show. End of another hour? No, we still got, uh, hour. got some time. Like my, my <laughs> mind. We're saying gone. goodbye. I'm like, wait a minute, we still have another – yeah, but the one um, thing I would say about projection systems, Pat, we can get into uh, the prediction for this year's Tigers next week. And I know people are just they can't wait after how how I nailed it last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, ninety three wins. <laughs> yeah, I think I had them like eighty. The, the thing that I will say is, and the thing you learn is, uh, is that the most are doing the same things. They're projecting a player's performance. Uh, and then they're projecting the team's performance based on those individual players. And they're projecting it on past performance, especially recently, their age, their health, and all those things go into it. And in the end, the projection systems aren't that different. What I think that they don't do very well and can't really is predict a breakout year by a guy like J.D. Martinez, who completely retooled the swing at age 26. Uh, Now, that doesn't happen very often, but they can't project that. It doesn't, I don't think, Pat, Account for guys like Cabrera and Verlander who are on Hall of Fame tracks and maybe have had injuries and they're coming back from that and or 
project them through their 30s. Hall of Fame guys on Hall of Fame tracks, and Cabrera certainly is, age better through their 30s. Look at Hank Aaron, who is most comparable to Miguel Cabrera through his age 32 season. They tend to age well and be productive through their 30s, and I think everybody thinks that all guys in their 30s are going to tail off. Well, they might tail off, but the Miguel Cabreras of the world still are very productive, and I think that's another thing just to keep in mind when you see some of the projections and, and think about, think for yourself, what kind of years Miguel Cabrera going to have? I think he's going to have a monster year. Type you won't hitter, see many projecting like that. Him. David Ortiz is a classic example. It, right. I guarantee everybody was projecting him to tail off, of course, because that's what the, the numbers say right. for 30 year olds. David Ortiz, what did he hit, 36 home runs last year at age 39? I mean, he's done it year after year. I think, you know, you look at somebody like Edgar Martinez or great natural hitters who are, you know, have just got that plate coverage. Edgar Martinez, know, and, boy. What a, uh, what a hitter. Yeah, so you can look at all kinds of different players where it's kind of worked the out. The great ones age better and are productive through their 30s. And it's, it's not going to surprise me if Verlander, that was just a blip on the screen. Because if you look at Schilling and you look at his track and Messina Maddox, and some of those other pitchers. Lavin, yeah, Randy Johnson was a power arm into his 40s you know, see if and productive. See if they're elite. Right. And, uh, you know, I think Verlander is elite. So I think you're going to see bounce-back seasons from those guys. So, But anyway, now I can say, hey, Dan, enjoy <laughs> doing the show. We'll talk to you next week. Right, next Monday, special next Monday. Monday night edition. Yes, we are. So, anyway, looking forward to spring training. Hey, I'll be coming up next with Inside Hockey Town on 97.1 The Ticket.